American United has a convenient branch right at the VA Medical Center, along with eight other locations across Utah. As a member, our veterans get the best rates on loans and savings products. Learn more at amucu.org. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Welcome to Ideation Collective. I'm Jess Larson. Today, we're going to be continuing with our book review series called Top Reads. Uh, my co-host today, Daniel Taylor. Because that's where we really get hurt, right? We give up on something for a day or two, and then we've lost it for six months or so. This is another episode of Innovation and Leadership. Today, we're going to be picking from the 400-plus books on business, marketing, and strategy that we've read, and talking about one of them that we feel like can have a big impact on innovators and entrepreneurs as they try to invent the future. As always, in addition to learning from the show, we hope you'll consider clicking on the Child Rescue tab on our website, iCollective.co, to see how you can help change the life of a child that's been rescued from abuse and trafficking. Also, we love all of you who've been emailing to tell us what parts of the episodes you really liked or or what was helpful to you. And to everybody else, if you have time, we'd love to hear from you. Just send me an email at stories at iCollective.co. And now on to the episode. Thanks for making time. Thank you. Glad to be here. So today we're going to talk about the willpower instinct. Jane McGognell, um, why don't you start us off here? So I am obsessed with this book. I love uh, scientific research that is uh, given to me in a way that I can digest really easily. And I love um, books that give you the practical, like how to get yourself to do things. Um, And this book has a ton of scientific research to help you. Uh, learn how to get yourself to do things. Um, we talk all the time about it's so easy to learn what you should do. It's really easy for all of us, thanks to the internet, to know how to do the perfect push up, um, to know how to have the perfect workout plan to get your 30 days of abs, right? And, um, but to actually get yourself out of bed at five in the morning to do the perfect push up or to do the 30 days of abs so that you end up with that six pack you've always wanted, it's really hard. And uh, this book describes willpower in a way where it's tangible. You can grab on, you can find that willpower within you um, and start to nurture it and start to build it. Um, But I want to hear from you. Uh, I know you love this. Um, What what has drawn you to this book as an entrepreneur? And and what is it about it that makes you love it so much? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think as an entrepreneur, as a dad, as a husband, that's just a, you know, a fellow citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, what What's magical about this book to me is it's not another one of those, like, here's a guy who quotes some research and then gives an anecdotal story and then moves to the next chapter. Like, unfortunately, a lot of business literature is these days. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like she shows up with real data that she's tested on her own classes, right? right. She says, hey, this 10 chapter book reflects the 10 weeks of my Stanford class. Right. Right. Which became one of the most popular classes in all the department at Stanford. Right. That's awesome. So I don't know. I think it's the guy who is kind of the father of lean methodologies and kind of back with the Toyota production system kind of era, uh, Deming. Mm -hmm. 
I'm pretty sure this is attributed to him, but he said, um, in, in God, we trust all others bring data, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So what I love about this is it's not, it's not just a theory. It's not, it's not overly scienced. It's, Hey, here is the theory. Here is the science. And then here's how it actually panned out when me and all my classmates tried it. Right. And this may not be exact for you, right? She's not overly prescriptive, but here's some things that, here's some things that have a really high chance of helping you strengthen your willpower muscles so that every morning when you start out with this canteen of willpower to sprinkle about the different things that that canteen is more full tomorrow than it was today. And, you know, when you're, um, when you're really gutting it out and you really don't like how things are going, that sitting there and continuing to type on the computer is probably not the best thing for willpower, uh, recharge. And, um, it's not, uh, I don't know. It's not just a whole list of supposed to's. It's like, Hey, here are principles that when you find yourself in this situation, you may want to run it against this criteria and make an informed decision that goes along with human nature instead of fighting human nature. Yeah. Um, so just, I think it increases our, you know, following these kind of principles increases our ability to do what we intended to do Yeah. back when we felt like it. Yeah. I love it. I love, she kind of starts off trying to explain willpower. And I, I, when I first started listening to this, I was thinking, well, I know all this, like I know that I want to be better at, you know, have a stronger willpower and be able to do what I want. But, uh, she wasn't, she didn't until chapter two is where she really made me feel like, Oh yeah, I need this. And that's where she talks about this analogy of walking past like a bakery that's got this cheesecake in the window. And, uh, you're thinking, wow, that looks good. You you know, you've been going on for a week or two on this awesome diet and you've been exercising and you've been doing so good. And right. You're on, you're on top of the world. But, uh, one day you're feeling really good and you're walking past this, uh, this window and you see the cheesecake. And before you know it, like your hands on the door, you're opening the door, you're giving them money. You're telling them how, you know, how much you want and asking how you can get more. And it's so true. Like we've all been in those situations where we've been doing so good at whatever it is we're trying to get better at. Uh, we've gotten up, you know, 20 days in a row to do that perfect push up, and then day 21 rolls along and it's like, uh, I can take a break today. Like I've done so well. Um, and I was like, you know what? I need this. She's right. Um, if you remember from this book, how is it that we kind of get over those hurdles? Cause there will, you know, maybe our canteen lasted 20, 30 days, but then there's going to come this day where it's like, wait, where did our canteen go? Like, what do we do? So I don't know which principle you're laying out. You're going to have to answer that one. Which principle are you thinking? <laughs> she talks about, uh, in general, like building it like a muscle um, and how like, that's okay. Like you need to start instead of being the guy who hasn't worked out for two years and is like, you know what? I'm going to get up at five tomorrow. I'm going to work out for two hours. She's like, no, no, no. You start out small. Like you, you get a, you know, maybe tonight you go for 20 minutes or you stay at home and you do stuff in your home for 20 minutes and then you lead up to the gym and then you lead up to two hours. Right. Um, she's like, that way you're not going to have those really depressing weeks where it's like you get up and you're so psyched and you go one day and then the next day you're like, I can't even get out of bed. Okay. Um, and then she also talks about like this mentality, um, that I've already hinted at that, like you've done so well that you can take a day off. Um, she claims, you know, that with this practice of like building your muscles and, uh, um, exercising your mental willpower, you can get over that belief that, you know what, I have, I have this license to, uh, to take a day off or to take a week off because that's where we really get hurt right? We give up on something for a day or two and then we've lost it for six months or so, you know? So. Yeah. Why don't we actually just start with the chapters? Like what's the, what's the chapter of chapter two? 
title. The willpower instinct your body was born to resist cheesecake. Okay. Uh, what's chapter three? Too tired to resist. Why it's like a muscle. Okay. Chapter four. License to sin. Why being good gives us permission to be bad. You know what I thought was fascinating on this one was talking about um, how being on a diet makes you more likely to cheat on a spouse. Yeah. And how, you know, um, quitting smoking makes you more likely to cheat on your diet. Right. And this idea where, uh, you know, we like to think that willpower is absolute and that, you know, we've got this much in the canteen for every item we do mm-hmm. rather than treating our day cumulatively. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that framework of recognizing, okay, if I want to do something hard, should I really be putting that at 830 at night after I had a hard day's work, took care of the kids, cleaned up dinner, put the kids in bed? Is that really when I should be putting this tough thing in front of myself right. if I want a high probability of doing it over and over? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at work, <laughs> you know, like this idea of tackling the hardest thing first and these these kind of things um, where even though you don't feel like it, when you've got the framework to recognize, hey, I've got the highest probability of getting this done by even just when I've scheduled it <laughs> against my willpower schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, those kind of things that were interesting that it's not somebody said this might happen. It's like, hey, look through all these statistics from these studies. And plus my class did it. And let me tell you about what my class experienced of so-and-so was really good at their diet and then found themselves overspending right. on their budget. Right. And so being reasonable with yourself and saying what I should be able to do doesn't matter. It's what I am able to do. And like being deeply self-honest about where I'm at and yeah. what I think I should be doing next yeah. and how many willpower challenges I should be taking on at one time. And, right. um, I don't know. I think that uh, this theory of uh, we can always get it up. Yeah. Um, you know, this kind of has some data that, that says it's the other way. Yeah. I think uh, humans like always like to bite off more than they can chew. And if you can be observant of yourself uh, and even take time in the day to, to notice like, okay, like I'm, I'm running dry right now. Um, this is about how far I can go with this or, um, and being able to find your limits, um, I think that takes a little se- a little bit of discipline and maybe even a sense of humility, like to be able to admit, like, I can't do more than this. Like, I need to work on this if I want to be able to do more. Um, yeah, because it can feel like wimping out, right? Right. Oh, am I wimping out? Right. Versus recognizing the principles of how humans work and say, I could sit here and keep typing away at this for an hour, or I could quickly go on a walk in a green space, like the park that's like a block down from our office. Right. For like seven minutes and there's a large probability that the following 53 minutes are going to be more productive than having stayed here for 60. Exactly. You know, things like this. Yeah. Or like when I go create, like I'll go all in on work one day and come home and suddenly I've watched four hours of TV and it's like, what happened? <laughs> My willpower was very different. I was going to go home and I was going to cook and I was going to clean and I was going to practice the piano and become that amazing maestro I've always wanted to be, you know? And, uh, but I think there's, it's easy to say it takes discipline. It's really practically, it takes this time. You t- you're taking time out of your day to think about yourself, think about your limits and write them down and write and, f- and make a plan of how you're going to use your canteen. What I love too, though, about that is th- not only does she give you these tools that are actually battle tested from her students in these clinical studies, yeah. um, but that awareness of how to use them and how to combine them um, rather than just guessing or like feeling like a failure um, 
I don't know. It just, it's so much more practical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, I like this. The brain's big lie. Why we mistake wanting for happiness. That's chapter five. Uh, to me, this chapter was fascinating in, um, you know, being a bit of a brain science nerd. Uh, I, I liked finding out why this happens and what happens there. And basically it goes through the studies that show like, you know, there's a lot of studies that talk about dopamine receptors in the brain. And when, when those dopamine receptors get met, that it turns into cravings and these kind of things. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and what this science that she refers to in that chapter is actually a bit of a refinement that it's actually the desire for that to get met that has a greater effect on tempting the human than, and not just humans, other animals. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that what they, where they've done those tests uh, to be able to electrically stimulate the part of our brain that uh, wants, the, wants the thing that has the payoff. Mm-hmm. And how uh, humans basically like, they gave them a button to be able to self-stimulate that. <laughs> and that people were like compulsive about it. Yeah. And that they got violent when the researchers wanted to take the button away. And how people asked for the button later, even after they weren't going to be hooked up with it. Yeah. Because of the residual feelings of what it was like to push the button. Yeah. And so, again, it's so hard to manage what you're not measuring. You know, or it's very hard to find a cure for a problem we don't know we have. So being able to understand what's physiologically happening in our brain, again, helps us manage ourselves when we can recognize, um, do I really want that ice cream as bad as I feel like I want it? Mm-hmm. Or is it the part of my brain that enjoys the thought of getting the ice cream? And right. did I really like, do I really need three bowls <laughs> or does my brain yeah. just like the idea of about to get three bowls? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. to me, um, I felt like that added precision instead of like trying to tie your shoes with boxing gloves on. It's like, it takes the boxing gloves off because it helps you understand what's going on. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay. Chapter six, what the hell, how feeling bad leads to giving in. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting. This phenomenon, again, there's how we wish humans were. And then there's how we actually were, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I've got, I've got a close family member who will say things like, well, crap, we messed up the budget. We missed the bills anyways. Let's just go spend money. The bills aren't going to get paid anyway. I've been there. And um, it, it really goes through and helps identify where that comes from and what we can do to counteract it and what we can do about it so that we don't sabotage the next following three months because right. we missed this month. Right. And, um, and I think it just, again, it takes a little bit of humility to because when we feel good about things, we think, well, that's somebody else's problem. I would never do that. Right. Or, I would never do that with money. Right. But then we don't think about it with how many days we didn't. Well, I didn't work out all week. What's one more? What's one more day of not working out? Right. Right. So I'm super, you know, budgetary wise, that doesn't apply to me. Mm-hmm. But then we got the blind spot of our workout, our diet or something like that, where maybe it is showing up. Right. Right. Again, once you know you have the problem, then you can do something about it. Love it. Okay. Chapter seven is putting the future on sale. The economics of instant gratification. Yeah. um, Again, for me, I mean, we can only do so much justice to these chapters, right? People really should read this. Right. Um, But um, 
there's nobody out there that's going to say instant gratification is the way to success. Right. <laughs> this right. is not like a shocker. Oh, instant gratification is not going to help me. Short-term thinking is not going to help me. Right. right. Um, but yet her approach and the way she lays this out, um, really helping again, identify the way that we essentially get hijacked by some of the older parts of our brain, the amygdala, these other things, mm-hmm. um, how we get, thoughts coming into our mind that are not necessarily from our logical neocortex part of the brain. (laughs) Right. Right. And, and how, um, the way we react to them really ends up determining a lot of life and, and how, uh, using these practical tools to delay gratification gives us what we ultimately want long-term instead of, uh, just a short-term sugar high. Right. Totally. Awesome. Chapter eight is infected why willpower is contagious um to me this is something that almost makes willpower feel like a social obligation Mm -hmm. when you start to realize um what a net positive or net negative effect us making good choices has on other humans i mean i think there's a a reason a lot of religious texts (laughs) refer to humans as sheep yes okay yeah um it is incredible uh to really face like how much we think we're independent thinkers versus how much changes by what the other people around us do. Yeah. And then to start consider um, how much of a service or a disservice am I doing to the people I care about Yeah. by, by giving in or not, or by um, intentionally setting myself up for temptation. Uh, so I'm about to make a negative, you know, I'm likely to make a poor choice in front of others versus um, you know, being willing to take the time to practice these tools, build the willpower muscle, schedule my day in a way that uh, I'm less likely to make a big mistake late at night. You know, the wife and kids are in another city. I'm on a business trip. Right. The temptation to make a, a very large mistake and screw up my family has happened. You know, am I putting myself in that um, low probability success environment and setting the example for putting other people in that environment? Okay, so I feel like we could just read this whole book and make a commentary, yeah. right? And we'd be like, the commentary of, right? Yeah. Uh, might end up a little longer than 20 minutes here if we did that. <laughs> um, overall, though, um, when you think about your pitch of why somebody should be going on Amazon or going on Audible and getting the audiobook so they can listen to this book on their commute or whatever, what, what, what is it to you? What's the, the top selling point? I think everybody struggles with this, and it's so relatable as you're reading the book you're like oh yeah that's me oh yeah that's me um she does an awesome job of that but then it's so practical so digestible the the process of developing your willpower and locating it and and then developing it and uh i think ultimately we have an innate desire to become better right i think humans are always pushing the limits of what they can and can't do um but willpower is at the center of that all um, and willpower is what has, you know, pushed athletes to end up at the Olympics. And it's what has pushed people, um, to end up as the richest people in their state. And as Forbes just published and, um, it's, it kind of drives all of our success. And, um, so if you can, if you can nail down that, that base of everything, that center, that fuel, um, then you are able to go pursue whatever you want. Um, and it's, it's just made so digestible in this book. So if you want to, I mean, if you care to get better, go get this book. 
Oh, what about you? Um, you know, this, this book is major inspiration for me. Um, you, you look at our training company, Mylan, right? And I mean, this and like Roy Baumaster and the, the people who have in depth studied this mm-hmm. and, and, you know, taught us the rest of us, the tools of what we can do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's so fascinating because business literature, management consulting world in general, spends so much time on what to do. Yeah. Major over overemphasis on what to do compared to how to get yourself to actually do it. Right. And I can't say it's their fault because I think a lot of people don't know. So to me, having people like this who actually do know how can you get yourself to do it, right? It's just uh, it's the other half of the equation of accomplishment. Definitely. I mean, on our show, we've got so many interesting high achievers who have done stuff that other people haven't done. Um, and it came by being able to get themselves to repeat the right thing enough time until it became an internal capability. Exactly. Um, again, Jay McGognell, Roy Baumeister, some of the other people in this space have really done the rest of us a huge service by helping us to conquer ourselves. And uh, again, she makes it easy to read, easy to implement. And uh, I think she's done us all a big service. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. We'll leave it there. That was another installment of Book Review Fridays. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll also check out Child Rescue uh, from the menu on our website, iCollective.co. And if this episode or any other episode really stood out to you or or you have a story to tell us, please email me um, at the email stories at iCollective.co. Thanks so much. Now is the time to find your color, your paint, and everything to get started during red, white, and blue savings at the Home Depot. Transforming your room is easier than ever. With the best deals online and in-store, you can confidently select your color and the tools for your next paint project. Get a colorful new experience and the right paint for the right price. Save $10 on one gallon and $40 off three and five gallons for a limited time only at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Limit 25 gallons per household. See store for details.